Good morning, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Slate of Affairs. Slate of Affairs is a podcast dedicated to critical conversations about pop culture and politics, brought to you by Black and Brown Voices. Today, we are wishing you a happy 420. We're going to be weeding out the grassroots of high society, getting into all things cannabis. But first, let's get into what's happening. Here at Slate of Affairs, we like to highlight the happy in our lives and in the headlines in a segment we call What's Happening. Blake, what's happening with you this week? (laughs) Daniel, high key, a lot is happening, okay? I guess first and foremost, I would be remiss if I didn't like say that I was feeling super, super anxious today. Mm. For all of you out here, we are recording on April 19th, 2021, and today marks the closing arguments for the Derek Chauvin trial, in which this white police officer is being charged with second-degree murder with third-degree assault of a Black king by the name of George Floyd. So with trial testimony concluding and closing arguments taking place this morning, the final verdict is now in the hands of the jury, who will decide the temperature of race relations here in this country for the immediate future. And as a Black man, I feel very uneasy, if I'm Mm -hmm. being quite honest. Mm. Of course, we are not going to discuss this in detail. We'll reserve this for a future episode. But again, it's just... I'm nervous, y'all. I really, really am. Because I think, if anything, I I don't want to see us get to a place that we were at when this transpired last year. And I'm afraid Mm -hmm. if a verdict says otherwise, then we're going to be right back there. Yeah. (sighs) Anywho, (laughs) (laughs) keeping it positive, I don't want to give the children two weeks of me not doing Black excellence, okay? So I'm certainly going to give the children that. And this week, what's happening is the highly decorated Black women's gymnastics team. Listen, y'all, this women's gymnastics team that's going to the 2020 uh, Tokyo Olympics, although it's taking place in 21, so it's a little bit confusing. But, <laughs> I'm uh, confused by all of the Olympic stuff that's going on. <laughs> yeah, high key. But this team is stacked with the most amount of Black queens that we have ever witnessed. And when I tell y'all as a Black gay king, I cannot wait to see these four performances because they are about to be oh, lit. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, is Simone Biles coming back? Yes, she is absolutely the, the lead captain. You know, Simone Biles' first year was Simone Biles, Gabby Douglas. It was a very mm. melanated Olympic team. And gymnastics is my favorite Olympic sport, maybe because I fantasize about the ability of, oh, man, I wish I was able to do that. But I just don't got it. That's just not. My joints would immediately shatter. When You know, like when I was a kid, I would be like, dad, I really wanted gymnastics. And he would look at me and he's like, girl, that's not for you. Like, that is not for you. Did you guys ever try, though, like in the family room to just do a little mediocre flip? So I don't know if y'all knew it is, but your girl was a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I did competitive really? cheerleading for a couple years. I'm not going to really? say I was great. I'm not even going to say I was good, but, but I you could were on do, the team. I was on the team, and I could do some flippity flips. <laughs> flippity flips. Yeah, I could do a. But could you do flippity flop? I did a lot of flopping. <laughs> but no, I'm super excited for the Olympics. I love the Olympics, the Summer Olympics especially. Winter Olympics, it's like, eh, okay. I don't oh think yeah, anybody nobody cares about it. Yeah. But Tati Queen, what is happening with you? Okay, we have to talk about 
our gorgeous, beautiful black queen Issa Rae, who blessed yes. the cover of Rolling Stone. And I'm mm -hmm. telling you so that gorgeous. first and foremost, like Issa's team, her makeup team, her hair mm -hmm. team, her lighting team, like they do her right every yes. time i mean they do her right she just looked so good so happy so beautiful i'm just very excited to see i know you know Issa's filming her last season of insecure and here on slate of affairs we are all huge fans of insecure um but aside from that we are just huge fans of Issa. very excited one the photo shoot was giving me a lot of inspiration for our upcoming photo shoot in the summer for slate of affairs summer 2021 oh, we Yes. currently coming up with those ideas because i will be snapping those photos of the three of us on this podcast i have come to insecure the latest i binged all four seasons in i think about a month like about a month you did it and, pretty fast and i'm so sad because as soon as i finished the fourth season it was disclosed that the fifth season they were recording was the last season so oh. i feel like i showed up so late to it and i've enjoyed it but you know i'm just i'm bummed out that this is going to be the last season um, and I wanted and like when, two or three more. I know. And when I tell you, I cried so much, so much <laughs> in four seasons. Um, but yes, gorgeous, beautiful, very excited for this final season of Insecure. Daniel, what is happening with you? So I want to acknowledge, before we get into this, I want to acknowledge the loss of Adam Toledo. Adam was a 13-year-old Mexican-American boy who was shot and killed by Chicago Police Department officer Eric Stillman, echoing both... Tatiana and Blake statements. We here at Slate of Affairs continue to advocate for the lives of black and brown people across all walks and advocate against the state-sanctioned violence inflicted on our communities. Justice for the families of Adam Toledo, Dante Wright, and justice for the family of George Floyd. But we will bring it back to what is happening. What is happening is Legendary. Legendary is back. The trailer for HBO Max's original second season dropped over the weekend, and it is it's legendary. It, for those of you who don't know, Legendary is a voguing reality competition exploring the world of ball culture. The series follows houses as they navigate through balls, dancing, voguing, walking events. I'm really into voguing right now with $100,000 as a prize for the winning house. So the season is going to be returning with judges Jamila Jamil. Leomi Maldonado, La Roach, and Slate of Affairs Hall of Famer, Megan Thee Stallion. Megan! Hey! Deshaun Wesley also returns as the MC and host. Guest judges will include, get ready, Tiffany Haddish, Taraji P. Henson, Amaya Scott, Nico Anon, Normani, Adam Lambert, and Demi Lovato. Listen, King, when I tell you that I am all the way here for Legendary, I think I was the first to bring it up last time we talked about this last year mm -hmm. but you know i'm not here to like claim a stake or anything like score. that um but listen i i'm so here for the show i'm a little sad though i loki was like yearning for what's the queen from pose is it dominique jackson i love dominique, dominique jackson. jackson oh my yes. god so she was a guest uh, judge last mm -hmm. season oh my god and when i tell you she delivered and so I was like, oh, they need to add her as a host. So they didn't. But I mean, the show is still uh, no pun intended or listen, pun intended. The show is legendary. Get into it. It really is. Yeah. And if you have not watched the first season, 
Go on HBO Max. If you Get don't got the password, it. somebody got a password. Seven day trial. Binge watch it. Get seven yeah, day trial. Real. And then also after that, watch all of Insecure. Look, yes. we're just giving mm. you. We're you trying to get put y'all on it. game. I'll be dropping all the gems. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, I want to do something a bit different today. I need class participation. So do I have it from you all? We're here, baby. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listen, I have a question. What do the three substances, if you will, right? Wine, weed, and water all have in common with each other? Uh, they all start with the W. Why do I feel like you're going to relate this back to Jesus Christ some way? Ooh, you know what? I'm going to give you like an indirect A because you weren't exactly answering A minus. It. I'll take an A minus. A minus. Because the good man upstairs did produce all of these items, right? A la natural. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it being 2021 and given the resources, pollution, and accessibility, which one of these three substances is most likely to be consumed with the least amount of impurities? Weed. Y'all bitches got a 4.0, don't you? Well, you know, we uh, maybe. <laughs> we try. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Now listen, Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg, and your favorite's favorite all indulge in a herb called cannabis. The children may know this as the indigenous Central Asian flowering plant, also known as marijuana, ganja, Mary Jane, or a host of other nicknames. The normalization of weed, however, has been a slow-moving evolution. This is due in large part to the legalization of marijuana. It was only nine years ago today when Colorado demonstrated otherwise and legalized recreational usage of marijuana. By the end of 2016, this trend spread throughout a couple more states, leading to eight in the nation. Now, stepping off the hills of Election Day 2020, another four states joined in the legalization movement with Tati's soon-to-be-home New York and New Mexico pushing a progressive bill through the state legislature. So, Friends, 16 states plus Washington, D.C. have legalized recreational wood, and another 35 states have made a space for medical marijuana, meaning a bit more than a third of Americans have access to this natural substance. My question for you all today is this, though. Why has the road to legalizing weed on a federal level been so slow? I think for... Uh, several reasons. And I think a lot of it is stigma. There is a scheduling of drugs in our country, right? Schedule one and two are considered the most addictive substances. I want to read you some of the stage one drugs that actually exist in our federal system. So stage one, girl, include marijuana, heroin, LSD, ecstasy and magic mushrooms schedule oh, two no no <laughs> they did not put heroin in the same category Honey, yes they okay. did schedule okay. two girl wait till we get to schedule two schedule two cocaine meth oxycodone adderall ritalin and vicodin and then you have wait, schedule adderall and meth yes in, in, the, in the same, same category two. yeah okay because do you want me sense. to do you want me to keep going because we I actually do. know yeah <laughs> so we'll go schedule three tylenol with codeine ketamine anabolic steroids and testosterone and then schedule four is xanax soma darfoket valium and ambien we have such a stigma as far as you know how dangerous marijuana actually is it really isn't <laughs> it really isn't and i think what you're seeing right now is like a change in culture where 
we have a lot of scientific evidence that disputes a lot of the demonization and villainization of marijuana and marijuana smokers from times past. There's this wonderful documentary on Netflix, which I will provide the name of in the show notes that I really recommend watching. It approaches the history of marijuana from a musical standpoint. And it talks about a lot of the musicians, jazz musicians who spoke about marijuana in their music. During that time, marijuana was villainized, particularly because it was used by different communities of color and also young people as a unification process, right? If we're all smoking weed with one another, then guess what? All of those differences that society says we have, we're not really thinking about them. We're just enjoying time with one another. So really what it was, I think federally, it was banned and and criminalized because the culture was leading to this unification of races, unification of classes. The other thing is that back then we even had the science to point to that it wasn't addictive, but the federal government had actually stamped out that science and largely threw it to the wayside in order to benefit their own agenda. It's definitely an interesting time to see the recreational and like the commercialization of weed because I remember in high school being told like never touch weed if you touch weed is a gateway drug and if you start oh smoking weed when mm-hmm. you're and let me tell you right now weed is not a gateway drug like maybe it's a gateway to a bag of like Doritos of, of Dorito, like <laughs> I'm telling you I just I can't imagine many people smoking weed and then being like mm meth sounds great right now like that's that's not i don't think that that's <laughs> that's not how it works on yeah i, <laughs> I get <laughs> so but it's it's definitely crazy to go from that you know to being taught when you're 14 15 and mind you i knew people who were when i was 14, 15, even younger when I was in middle school who were smoking weed. At the time, you were a bad kid and you were a bad, like you were doing bad things if you smoked weed. Now there are, at least in California, within a five mile radius of wherever you are, you will find a weed shop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now there are cooking shows on Netflix with it. Kathy Bates has, isn't it? It's Kathy Bates, right? That has the show Disjointed. Um, yes, God bless yes, Kathy Bates. Yes, you have Martha Store and Snoop Dogg, like mm-hmm. Blake had brought up. I mean, it's like very much just a thing now. That's the cool but thing. But it's now. still criminalized. Like it's it, it's a very strange time, and especially being in California, where at this point it's kind of normal. Weed shops will be in the same parking plaza, plaza or whatever as like a Wendy's. It's just. There. That's that's effective marketing right there, though. It's just like that. It's like pick up a, a bag of Wendy's very, before very you. That's what I need. I need them to be in shopping centers. That's smart. Um, <laughs> I don't need. They don't need to be all out away from everything. I just want to piggyback off what you said, Daniel, about the communities of color, right? Because I think that it's so important to highlight that everyone needs a release. Okay, like we are human mm-hmm. beings and mm-hmm. we endure a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think it does not miss me at all that Anglos have been afforded the opportunity to self-prescribe since the break of dawn, right? Yeah. And you see communities of color that don't have that same medical 
equity, if you will, mm -hmm. that then find a natural substance such as herb, right? That feel like, oh, this was something that can, again, help me cope, especially with all the trauma that communities of color uh, have to bear. Yeah. And so again, for white communities to be afforded the liberty and the privilege to constantly be able to self-prescribe, but communities mm -hmm. of color don't even have that same, you know, privilege. It, it just like See, so many other things in this country is ridiculous. I do want to point to an article uh, that I was reading in Time magazine that actually references what you're talking about. The article says studies suggest that African-Americans are arrested for breaking cannabis possession laws at almost four times the rates of whites, even though they consume cannabis roughly at the same rates as white people. In California in 2019, for instance, where cannabis is legal, Hispanics accounted for nearly 42% of cannabis arrests. They make up 39% of the state's population. So it's like disproportionately affecting communities of color, even here in California, where mm -hmm. it is legalized and we consider ourselves very liberal, right? But even in the prison industrial complex that we have, there are people here in California all across, across this country who are sitting in jail right now for marijuana convictions. Well, I don't think that that seesaw, if you will, is going to tilt to one side until you see the profits and the revenues mm -hmm. from legalizing weed mm -hmm. supersede the profits from private prison. Mm -hmm. The profit. almighty dollar. You understand? That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, you are only going to get people to change and move a different way if you start affecting their pocketbook. Nope, that's Which she tea like yeah. in this country specifically like yeah. mm -hmm. really the economy that is going to come which i mean at the end of the day like we know that money is really what drives almost every single political decision yeah. and it baffles me that weed could be such a huge economic profit but the federal government doesn't want to legalize it it's like you know how much money can be made Mm -hmm. off of this industry how much money is already being made in this industry i will say the difficulty though here is like with legalizations it's going to get really tough for people who are small weed dealers right yeah and I'm, I'm not talking about like the like i'm not talking about the people i'm talking about your plug yeah wait, i'm talking plug. about your plug like who's your plug like what does that mean here in California, there's weed dispensaries and there's yeah. weed shops. So you want to go and buy weed. You literally just need to be 21 and have a valid ID and you go into a dispensary and you can buy whatever you want to buy. Prior mm -hmm. to that, you had a plug. Oh, like a person that would deal you weed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like the thing is, is like all of those independent weed dealers who even, you know, are making their own weed, right? Who are growing their own weed. Once things are legalized in a state regulation comes and yes. fees come behind those regulations yeah. and a lot of the times those independent weed growers don't have the money to mm -hmm. actually abide by those regulations and therefore have to operate underneath a corporation who's coming in and saying we're going to reap all of this money off of you when we see people profiting off of cannabis now right most of those people are fill in the blank for me y'all White. White. There you go. There I want to see black people profit <laughs> off of this. I want to see brown people profit off this because you want to know what? All these little white girls and white boys and all these people that were living in these privileged areas, who mm -hmm. was your plug before the dispensaries? Yes, weed is a drug, just like alcohol is a drug, just like Tylenol is a drug. Like, however, I'm on eight I'm a... Tylenols right now. 
I am actually of the mindset, and I know Oregon just recently did this of the drugs. Any oh, drug yeah. should not be a should not be a crime. Like I have all I have been of that mindset for a long time because my father's of that mindset to kind of pass that on to yeah, me. Yeah, like, yeah. why are we throwing people in prison for? drug offenses like yeah. we should be getting them help now in the case of weed i'm like I, you don't need to help i mean that's different yeah it's Word. different but like i don't think any of this any of it should be um illegal however like for me when i when i think about um like this the stigma attached to weed that is not attached to alcohol i'm like i i need some of you guys to implore like more critical thinking because mm-hmm. alcohol kills a lot of people so many people every year, year whether it be um drunk driving cases whether it be alcoholism what there's several different things and y'all no one like everyone is cool with it but my point is, because I know, you know, you had mentioned earlier, Blake, that everybody mm-hmm. has their own way of, like, relieving stress. Of course. And um, a lot of people come home at the end of the day and they have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Or they make you talking about me? That sounds personal. <laughs> He's on eight glasses of wine right now. Mm-hmm. Or any other cocktail that they may have. You mm-hmm. go out to dinner and... We're going to celebrate. We're going to order a drink. You know, it's a thing. I don't understand what's the difference between someone saying after a long day at work, I want to come home and I want to smoke a blunt. I don't understand the difference in you having a stigma towards weed. And like you said, alcohol, furthermore, food, because that part too. No shade, no tea, but you bitches are out here eating Taco Bell knowing good damn and well that that is not food. Mm-hmm. jacking up all the okay so you could just right? at me i'm right here okay well let's at you then yeah, <laughs> yeah. like where that no but high key right like this i mean we are consuming shit that is not food spoiler mm, alert yeah, legitimately no, really, so it's really if you're bad. not going to regulate that then again why are we looking to a whole other stuff substance saying that this is harmful for your body when we could do twinkies and dry and, desert know, all day when it, when it comes to any really substance the twinkies it was the taco bell it was everything when it comes to any substance like obviously because i think that what happens is is there's like this mentality that whenever you think of weed everybody like people go to like the worst case scenario right they go to like the worst case of the person who just who wakes and bakes every day spends all day smoking doesn't do anything but get out, out does not leave their house just is like you open their door and it's like a cloud of smoke comes out they they house like that is what people imagine and i'm like oh i was gonna say and that person <laughs> is still more enjoyable than a drunk ass bitch <laughs> off the, like off their rocker really though but really though and i i kind of hope because um i think i was talking to daniel about this is that here out here in Moreno Valley, and I know that this has happened in other cities too, but they, they're recently opened. I have not been to it, but um, I know someone who went to it and they were telling me about it. They opened like a weed bar. Like yeah, it's I a mean, dispensary where you can go and buy weed, but there's yeah. also like a bar attached to it where they're going to start selling cannabis infused beers. Is that and open yet? there's like, I don't know. And there's like, I, I'll, I'll drive by and find out. And there's a... Um, <laughs> She's like, I'm not uh, gonna like call TV her. I'm not gonna screen. get more raw. I'll drive by. <laughs> that is such a that's such a POC thing. 
she said, I would drive by and see. I cannot. That is such a POC thing. I'll just drive um, by and see if they're open. Uh, but anyways, I was telling this to Daniel a few weeks ago. I was saying that I think that that is something that definitely should be more, more normalized because there are people who have alcohol dependency issues mm-hmm. who cannot who do not drink because they understand that for them, alcohol is their poison, but they right. still utilize marijuana as mm-hmm. their that's their form of de-stress or whatever yeah. but that's not a social but it, it you like you can't make it a social thing if it's not legal right but because of yeah. these places that are popping mm-hmm. up where there's like an outdoor patio where everyone outside can go outside and you can smoke and then you can come in and play mm-hmm. pool or you can watch the game or you can just chill and talk and it's like a it's like a bar but for weed and i was saying that is something that i definitely think should happen because not everybody is a drinker like that's the thing nobody has ever smoked weed and was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna fight someone like no one like that does the absolute opposite to me it's like alcohol has the tendency to possibly bring out the worst in you and weed just keeps everything inside of you (laughs) you're too tired you're too tired to like actually do anything about it shit or too hungry exactly too hungry um but yeah too immersed in thought (laughs) so i do want to i do want to end it with this how is your parents perspectives shifting during this time Mm. because our parents grew up during a time where weed was criminalized my parents grew up in the 80s and 90s so i'd imagine that you know the perspectives are so different culturally so i'm curious to know what are your parents perspectives like yeah i know for me at least growing up right like my pops he born and raised uh, south l.a And he certainly, he did not want to be a product of his environment. And I think for him, that meant disassociating with weed, right? Because Mm -hmm. everything that he saw around him led to another route. And so um, he never had a relationship with it. And I think Haiki, it kind of like, um, you know, spilled into me because I always had this misperception as well, right? That those that did that maybe didn't make it as far in life, whatever, whatever, clearly, none of my family in 2021, um, you know, believes any of that bullshit or anything like that. And now, I mean, my pop still doesn't do it. Um, so similar to, to Blake, my dad also grew up in, in a very, in a, in a scenario in which he saw a lot of people, um, go one way because of drug use. So I think he was like, well, I gotta be on the opposite, complete opposite end of that. Mm-hmm. I have a brother and I mean, I'm not, I'm not airing out his business because he'd be talking about this all like, he's real vocal about it. It's <laughs> not like I'm airing him out who is I'm a, sorry, um, brother. <laughs> who is a proponent of, of the, um, of the cannabis. He's a, he's a big fan, big fan. I mean, and it's, it's, he's a connoisseur and it's just like, we know it. We know he is. It's a thing that it, it and it's and it's not like we, you know, it's like a secret. We're hiding it. Um, anytime there's any conversation about anyone, not just like my fa- like my immediate family, but like my cousins or whatever, when we we it's not like a it, it and it's very strange to see how fast that transition has yes, come very fast. from literally like six years ago. I remember one time like my aunt and uncle like yelling at my cousin's eye about mm-hmm. you're not and now it's just like we out here okay, well, it. so right. very different and on this note what we have to say is legalize it microdose don't take an edible again until you have that first one kick in don't be stupid don't be For dumb those of you who, if you've never done it and wait and two and a half hours wait two and a half hours and then and the get- minute you say 
this edible ain't shit. You just psyched yourself. You just psyched yourself that's, out. That's how you activate it, though. And <laughs> the biggest piece of advice, get your food and snacks beforehand. Because Postmates is charging way too much. Too for much. And they know. They know what they're doing. They know get your food doing. beforehand. <laughs> Little Caesars closes early. Y'all can't be doing it at midnight. Get it early. <laughs> get it. Thank you for sticking with us so far. We got another hot topics for you. We're doing category is. We're starting off with you, Daniel. What category are you walking? So the category is Big Mac Collabs. The fast food giant McDonald's announced in a tweet on Monday that it'll be releasing a meal in collaboration with BTS, the K-pop supergroup, a follow-up to its Travis Scott and J Balvin meals next month. According to a press release, the meal will consist of 10 chicken McNuggets, a regular fry, a regular Coke, plus sweet chili and Cajun sauces inspired by recipes from McDonald's in South Korea. I had no idea that they did collaborations with Travis Scott or J Balvin. So, um, what the, when did we start doing this? Child, when you said BTS at Mickey D's, I thought you meant behind the scenes and ain't nobody got time for that. So I'm glad it's the K-pop group and not the literal... Uh, this is how we shred up chicken in a blender. Yeah. We ain't trying to see mm-hmm. it. You're not trying to see the behind. BTS is huge. <laughs> I, McDonald's is probably like, we need y'all for our PR. <laughs> the category is Return to Cinder. Cartoon Network series Powerpuff Girls will be returning to a screen in the revival live action show on CW. Now call me crazy, but sugar and spice don't make everything nice. And I just don't want to reboot. We do not need to reboot everything just because it was good when it was good. For real. Let let some stuff just stay good. Category is the Golden State. Former reality TV star and decorated Olympic athlete Caitlyn Jenner said she will decide soon whether she will run for California governor. Who's who's her fan base? We do not need Caitlyn Jenner as California governor. We're just that what? So we can get a recall? The category is Return to Cinder. All right. Category is Sweet 16. In another milestone in the race to armor California against COVID-19, all residents, I repeat, all residents 16 and older are now eligible to sign up to be vaccinated. Now the countdown is on to June 15th, the target the state has set to fully reopen. So, uh, I mean, we'll see if we get there, y'all. Jury's still out. I'm going to need the children, literally. Go get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. The actual ears, children. Get off topic. Talk tick. Get off TikTok. Get TikTok. <laughs> the category is hush up. During a congressional hearing, Representative Maxine Waters told her counsel, Jim Jordan, to shut show mouth after he attempted to bully Dr. Fauci into a premature confession. Now, I call her auntie and Queen Maxine for a reason. This is the last time Jim Jordan gonna ever speak over a Black ever, woman. Ever, ever. She gonna hit with that PTSD. Next time he even thinks, he's like, oh, nope, never mind. Category is celestial being. This past weekend, Chloe Bailey blessed us with a cover of The Weeknd's Earned It. And if you don't know, we will always, anytime any of the Bailey sisters do anything, mention it on the anything. pod. They just as breathe. The, we got to mention it. As the unofficial senior advisor of their fan club, I am making it our duty. Anything Bailey sisters do, we on it. But you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Slate of Affairs. Before we go, Daniel, Blake, when the race war comes, 
Who's the one person y'all saving? Above all, star of Murder, She Wrote and Dame Angela Lansbury. I'm going to go with representative queen Maxine Waters for 200. She, baby, baby, black. baby. She black. She black, though. Who's the white person the white you're saving? Person you oh, she, she's ready. It's the race war. It's the race war. <laughs> All right, Anyways, y'all. Anyways, I'm saving Ellen Pompeo. And on that note, mule on it, Blake. Thank y'all again. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> This is Slate of Affairs, a podcast dedicated to critical conversations about pop culture and politics brought to you by us. I'm Blake Gartner. I'm Tatiana Sterling. And I'm Daniel Wasius. You can catch new episodes of Slate of Affairs released every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do your podcast listening. Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review us wherever you can. Your ratings and reviews help us reach a wider audience. Follow us on our social media on Instagram at Slate of Affairs Pod and on Twitter at a Slate of Affairs. If you have questions or advertising inquiries, reach out to us at our email. They came, they saw they spoke it at gmail.com and all episode notes can be found on our website slateofaffairs.com underneath the episodes tab music brought to you by marla flair and audio editing brought to you by yours truly as always join us next time and add some color because there's always space for you in the conversation Mm -hmm.